you doing, everyone? It's Thursday night, and it's 8 o'clock, so that means it's fucking broadcast. I hope you're well, wherever you are. Uh, I'm Billy Kirkwood. We've got an amazing show for you tonight. What the bloody hell is broadcast? Well, if you're first time tuning in, let me explain very quickly. We bring... Well, the way it works is, as we talk to interesting people from all walks of life, we talk to businessmen, entrepreneurs, we talk to beard models, we talk to MMA fighters, pro wrestlers, artists, comedians, twitchers, BDSM models. We haven't had any on yet, but if there is, please get in touch. Uh, we talk to all manner of interesting folk for about 34 minutes. We answer your questions and we interact with you, the members of the Brotherhood and beyond, wherever you are, or all over the world. Because we get people watching all the way from New Zealand to Japan to America to Scotland to Trin. Shouldn't have finished off with Trin. Tonight, we've got an amazing guest for you. Uh, he's not only uh, a friend of the show, he's not only a friend of Broadbeards, but he's one very much of our Brotherhood brethren. Uh, we're going to have the wonderful E Walker on for a minute from Primal Roast in Glasgow. Loads of questions we already have for him. Certainly, what is it like being a businessman, an entrepreneur, if you like, during this hellacious time? That, and we want to talk about his entire story, his entire career. So let us know wherever you are watching tonight. We're going to have an absolute belter. Ready to kick this off? Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, uh, please welcome my very special guest tonight, Mr. Ian Walker. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm very well. How's yourself, Billy? I am hellish. Awful. We're doing that, you know, we're doing, we're doing that whole thing where we pretend we weren't talking for 15 minutes before we kicked off. Uh, it's just not a thing. We just literally just stared at each other. Uh, mate, you are looking, uh, you're looking relaxed. Le very rarely do we have someone on a chaise long. Uh, I feel like I should be painting you it's like a, one of my French girls. What's happening? It's a, it's a, it's a leather Chesterfield. I had to actually make a kind of panic run up to Primal to, to use the Wi-Fi here because BT um, ruined our internet by just not turning it on. So okay. um, yeah, I'm, bro I'm broadcasting live from the shop presently. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. Well, 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 first of all, fuck you, BT, wherever you are. Get that sorted. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if anyone out there, if anyone out there is driving around in one of those open reach vans or something, get, get our man hooked up here. That's fucking ridiculous. You can have virgin guys scrambling to the flat right now to get some custom. Uh, so, um, you are, um, what, what I, I never know how to put, uh, how to really put. When someone is the the owner operator somewhere, I probably should just say owner operator. But always like kingpin of yeah. Primal Roast, which is yeah. right in the centre of Glasgow. It's a how would you describe it? It's not just a coffee shop. No, the whole kind of premise for the place started off, uh, you know, wanting to be a specialty coffee shop, but yeah. um, also wanted to be kind of like a, you know, like a little bit of a beacon. It sounds too big headed and a bit dickish. But yeah. um, you know, a haven of like healthy eating, kind of more um, healthy focused food because you know we greasy spoons in the corner that sell rolls and snag, or ten a penny. You want to do something a little bit different, so yeah, that's what the idea was born about. Um, and at the time as well, I was uh, more kind of focused on my own fitness. I've been a chef all my life and yeah. um, wanted to open my own place, but didn't have a kind of clear cut vision. Didn't want to be a restaurant, so. The whole coffee thing started just from my love of coffee, and then it kind of grew from there. Right. Okay. Uh, can I ask one second? We just had a wee message, and is there any chance you can turn up your volume, Ian? Yeah. You're a wee bit quiet. A couple of people are saying. Um, I don't know if that's at all possible. Let's see. Are you? Uh, are you actually yeah, coming through what? that headset? Yeah, I've got the headset I'm on. Actually, yeah. I think that's a wee bit better. Is that better? I'm not sure. No. Let's see. Mm, you're, you're you're dead quiet. 
I'll bounce the volume off. Give me a second. Give me a second. Can you tap? Give that mic a wee tap for me. I don't think you're coming through on that mic. Yeah, I should be. Hold on. Well, you know something we will we will we will batter on while you're uh, uh, while you're uh, having having a wee adjustment. I could have phrased that better. I think we all agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like, hey, I might get some more viewers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so you wanted it to be something a little different. I think that's fair to say. You didn't want it to be yeah. a greasy spoon, just a, a typical cafe. Uh, I hate using the phrase cafe as well because it's 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 so much more primal roast. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it kind of is a cafe because we obviously we do we're open for breakfast, we're open for lunch, we'd have like cake, snacky things, but in between, so we kind of catered, you know, everything beyond like actually going out for a meal. Like we were there for like office workers through the day, folk that were about at the gym wanted to come in, um, and just had like a kind of a, a kind of space in the back we could sit if you mm. wanted a bit of office work or you wanted to just chill out and have a snack or just hide out and recover from a gym right. session. So. We made it quite a kind of friendly, um, functional space that, that would be welcoming to all who would want to come in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing is as well is because you've also given it, dare I say, I, I don't I don't use the phrase cool factor, but it's something that people can kind of hang on to because yeah. the identity is very open. It's not, you've, you guys have very much got your, your entire own sort of sub-community, all of your own at Primal Roast. Yeah, I mean, we've been here five years, so we managed to generate a, a lot of, um, you know, regular repeat business, especially within yeah. the local community. And uh, we'd offered a lot of different food. We had vegan options on here. We had dairy op dairy free options, gluten free options, a lot of stuff that would appeal to kind of specific diets if you're running with that. But we tried not to like pigeonhole it and be, oh, you know, we're like 100% vegan or this, that, and other. Our, our kind of yeah. ethos was, yeah, we're doing healthy eating stuff. But we're right. not going to shove it in your face. We're not going to be like that guy that's got, well, oh, that's got three grams of protein and 15 grams of fat, 18 grams of carbohydrate. That kind of menu breakdown, that makes it, that yeah. kind of takes, eating, eating to me is, ple like, is pleasurable. It should still be pleasurable. So when you start to break it down into that kind of sense, it kind of takes away from that. So we want it to, to be healthy, to be focused on healthier and better made food, but not lose that factor of just being able to enjoy it. Did that come from? Did that come from training? Do you think? Because um, because sometimes, obviously, when people are eating clean, and I don't know, it's a, a cliche, or at least it used to be a cliche yeah. that you know it was boring diets. You know, you were eating the same thing, rice and chicken, rice and chicken, rice and chicken, <laughs> uh, uh, all the time. Did it come from your experience training that you wanted to bring that sort of pleasurable aspect, but giving people sort of options? Yeah, it did. I mean, when I started uh, first kind of going down that route of looking after my own health a little bit more. Mm. You are presented with this kind of myriad of, oh, you should be on this diet and you need to be doing paleo and you need to be, you know, cutting out bread and all this other stuff. And yeah, rather than, um, to me, they seem, they're not fatty, but like people go, I'm on a diet, I'll be on it for like 14 weeks. And then after that, mm. it just goes to shit and they just eat whatever they want. The whole kind of mindset for me was I would, I would rather eat like healthily, like 80% of the time and still have the things that I want. Like if I want to jump to the shops and grab a Cadbury's cream egg, I'll quite happily go and smash like three of them. But <laughs> the, the rest of the week, I will like be focused on eating better stuff. But yeah, I mean, all the food that I put on in the restaurant or in, in the shop, sorry, I, I, I kind of trialed on myself first. Right. Um, to make sure that it's going to be tasty, make sure it's going to work and make sure it's, it's going to be something that would appeal to people. 
because I can make something that I think would be tasty in pure banging and then give it to somebody else and I'm like, I'm not sure mm. about that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I had mm-hmm. to kind of do a bit of research into that. And that's, yeah, that was like part of the backstory about where we came to, to be with Primal and the, the entity it's become. I mean, you don't want to. I mean, you don't want to be a Heston Blumenthal. You want happy customers. You want repeat customers coming back. Particularly where you guys are, which is banging the city center almost. We would say. And uh, did you find lots of people were discovering you because of? I mean, obviously, lots of people knew you were setting up the business, were yeah. following you and supporting you. But did you find lots of new people were finding the business because it wasn't until about five years ago, uh, right about the perfect timing that almost Scotland had this sort of renewed, sort of progressive attitude towards sort of cuisine and identity and coffee. Did you find lots of new people were were, were discovering Primal Roast from different backgrounds? Yeah. I think a lot of people were starting to to figure out that the pints of coffee that you get, or sorry, should I say the pints of milk with like a tiny bit of coffee, you get it in from kind of big street branded places, I wouldn't know about the names, but were... Right. were you know, not as well sourced, well made and stuff. So that's the kind of coffee revolution started probably like was bigger in Edinburgh and it kind of migrated across yeah. Glasgow a bit more slowly. But then when people started to go, oh, that's a really good made cup of coffee. I would go back to there and drink that. I'd rather walk an extra hundred yards past wherever down the road to get a cup. And if you have folks saying that to you, you're like, you know, you've kind of made it a little bit when folks say, I'd rather, I can get coffee around here, but I'd rather come to this place. Well, has actually said that there's a couple of times his, his wife owns a, a, shop, a sandwich shop close to here and he gets aye. free coffee there when he wants but he purposely comes here to get a coffee to go back to there which is oh. kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's bold man yeah. that is bold I was like, I'm using that I'm, I'm keeping it coffee to tell someone because <laughs> uh, I mean you, you mentioned that the other stores I mean obviously I like uh, way before I, I'm trying to think like uh, I, do, I don't remember the first and I'll, I'll say the names uh, the Starbucks and the Costas I don't remember really when they first sprouted up in in Glasgow or, or the or Scotland in general or the UK but suddenly they were fucking everywhere yeah. and uh, and I'm a big and I'm a big caffeine head I love I love my coffee I love my coffee and you would find yourself going to these places but and it's not a knock. If anyone right now works at Costa or anything like that, just, you know, whatever, good, more, more power to your elbow, you know, or what have you. But once you, um, once you notice the difference between what those guys are putting out, again, no disrespect, and with the likes of Primal Roast and other independent one, and I'm not saying, you mentioned it, the wee greasy spoon, guys putting in some Nescafe, uh, a cup of milk, yeah, and there you go. You know what it does, Serves a purpose exactly. There's there's nothing wrong with these things, but what was what was what was the motivator for you? Because obviously primal roast, you're attaching the coffee aspect. You want the people coming in, grabbing a coffee, grabbing you know a, a cake or meal, or, or or coming back later on. What was the what was the pull for coffee for you? Because I know certainly in the brotherhood and anybody watching here on during lockdown, we've all been smashing the coffees. Aye. I don't think there's two ways about it. Uh, but um, what was what was the draw for you? Were you a big coffee drinker? Yeah, I mean, I, I drank coffee more as like initially in my kind of earlier years as a chef. Like, I, I drank coffee as like as I go to sustenance for getting through like a fourteen hour shift. Totally. But then the kind of a little bit older I got, a little bit more, I started to understand about how to make a quality cup of coffee. What the difference between like a decent sourced bean is. And mm-hmm. a few places opened up within Glasgow. Um, 
was Meadow Road Coffee down in yep. Broomhill, near Broomhill area. It's one yeah, of my yeah. favorite places. And they, they started making just really high quality coffee and they're using deer green beans, which who we use as well. And I got friendly with the owner, one of the, the guy I was working at the time, Sean, he now runs another coffee shop, I think, in Glasgow. Um, wow. And that kind of sparked it. And then my friend, buddy of mine, Courtney, was working at um, Artisan Roast out in Gibson Street as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we had this kind of like, he was like my into this like specialty coffee scene. And from there, I just, for me, I actually became more of like a kind of a, a journey of self-discovery and, and then ultimately started to geek out about I could learn a little bit more about roasting and this and uh, a place I worked in Glasgow decided they wanted to get a wee coffee roaster so I had this like an actual roaster that I could just buy green beans and just just dick about on and try and like teach myself how to roast coffee properly it didn't wow. go too well but you know I started and that's kind of again was like more of a catalyst that yeah really maybe started getting a bit more focused and it took me a wee while to actually get Primal going but the idea was formulating and it was just slowly starting to kind of build and build and build and then the momentum came off the back of that basically so so, so the idea was already kind of percolating it was just like yeah. what way are what way are we going with this in terms of you messing about with the roaster and yeah. uh, was that the chef in you coming out like the little experimentation yeah. like if, if yeah. i if i learn the insides of this then i can, yeah, exactly. I can see where we go and maybe do something special with it no i mean coffee roasting's like it's such an art as well um yeah. and it is like cooking because you you get you know there's farms all across the world costa rica kenya just to name two places you know yeah and each farm has their own style of growing and their own you know soil and production method and stuff so each cup you could get the same bag of coffee and send it to two different roasters and they'll roast it slightly different from one and it could be a difference of 30 seconds roasting time right. between one and the other which will change the end product drastically. And that's what I like about coffee. It's that kind of subtle taste. Like, it's like wine tasting. You know, some wines taste a little bit like melon and some taste a little bit like honey. Coffee coffee goes the same way. Um, and it comes down to the, the source of the beans and how the, the people who are roasting it actually treat it, you know? And that's an interesting one as well. That's what keeps me interested in it. So, yeah, how, how did things kick off in terms of cuisine for you because it all comes from your uh, your desire and interest as, as a chef how did, how did you get into that side of the business because i mean was it something you did at school or was it something that had carried through and then you went to to the cookery school or how did, how did that side come about for you the chef and things yeah the cookery school thing the cooking thing was a bit of a, a bit of a weird one i, I got a, a christmas job when i was 15 uh, right. a, a wee deli in Shawlands called the Cookery Book. It's run by okay. this larger than light Italian called Aurelio. And, and I went in there with like the intent of working at the weekends to get a bit extra money to like buy Christmas stuff. And that was, and it, it kind of came from there. I'd like, I'd always enjoyed cooking as a kid. I like watch my mum grow watching my mum cook and watching my, uh, you know, just kind of messing about in the kitchen with her. And when I got that job, it kind of gave me that little bump to go do you know what i'm going to sign up i'm going to leave school and just go straight into college and that's what i did i left college when i was six i left school when i was 16 went straight into uh first year at college and spent right three and a half nearly four years training in glasgow um, and <laughs> had a really good education in glasgow um worked in america for 14 months uh a year out and just disappeared across there and learned how to cook 
for a thousand people a day in restaurants that were open breakfast, lunch, dinner. Oh, um, wow. And then when I came back, finished my college course, and then went up to um, my first big kitchen job was in um, Cameron House Hotel. Right. Uh, and the, the restaurant was then called the Georgian Room. This is before Martin Bishop had taken over. Right. Working in there, and um, that gave me like a taste for the, the kind of fine dining stuff that I ended up pursuing for quite a while within my kitchen career. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was a, a brutal eye opener into the world of plus hour weeks. At, I think it was, how old was I? I was like 20 years old when I got that job. 20. Straight out of college, minimal experience, working with a head chef that was an absolute psychopath, but an extremely talented man. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, he, it was, he was a head chef with myself. Another boy called Brian, he was a Sioux. I was like the lowest rung of the ladder in that place, and there was a pastry chef. And it was one Saturday night we were working, and we'd been in since half seven in the morning. This was now six six o'clock at night. Gearing right. up for evening service, starting at quarter to seven. And the head chef grabbed me in the Sioux, took us out of the big fridge and shut the door. Is that right? You two cunts don't have a good service tonight. They're both sacked. And I just like made full eye contact and then just walked out of the fridge. <laughs> So I'm standing, I'm 20 years old, standing in this walk-in fridge with the, the senior sous chef. I'm just like, that was it. So like, we goes out, we do our service for the night, smash it all in, it gets to like 11 o'clock, and we're all shut down. Head chef just walks up to me and just shakes my hand and goes, you're all right, and just walks out. Fuck, man. <laughs> so like sitting for a five-hour service with that weight floating above you. That was Fuck. Fun. <laughs> you, so you... you- like two two equivalents of like national service for like chefing. I mean, you went into America to like a thousand people at the time, or you know, a thousand people. Is that like a den the style of Denny's or something? Or is it, it just was, like um, open? It was yes, it was a it was a resort. Oh wow! It was, it was via college, so it was like an internship program. Jesus, so that's like huge, big. That's huge, oh, big. Yeah, I mean, the restaurant the restaurant opened at six in the morning and closed at. 11 30 at night and there was like there would be shifts so there's those teams that would come in and do the breakfast lunch and then you'd have a crossover so i mean they'd be open i mean you'd be doing 300 for breakfast 400 lunch 450 500 at night every day through the summer it was just just like it was just a machine of a place to work and then and then you come here and you have a a chef if you don't have a good chef you can't have done (laughs) and then just do you know the the funniest thing about it the restaurant sat 30 folk with a 30 cover restaurant (laughs) Oh shit! <laughs> was even like a big place. <laughs> well, the boy knew how to get you motivated. I guess there's, I guess there's that for him. I still talk, I still talk to him. So you know, he's obviously not ruined me that much. Do you ever find yourself looking at yourself in the mirror in primal roast as you're about to start a chef, going, "Listen, cunt, if you don't have a good chef, <laughs> you're getting can, can, can you sack yourself." I don't know if you can. I've had that moment of that as well. You just like look at yourself as I start all day and you do this. Because <laughs> it was at Primo, it was just myself in the kitchen. Like I always had staff members out front who'd make coffee and like run food yeah. and stuff. But I made all the food myself. So just me in the kitchen uh, as like the one man show. But just, you know, we'd, we'd made Primo, I'd, I've designed the menus and stuff within Primo to be that kind of self sufficient way that I can yeah. produce it all myself and not have, you know, a massive you know, prep list and everything was kind of functional, it all worked and interdrained. And that's why the menu was compact, or that's why we changed it as often as we did to make sure I could keep yeah, yeah. moving with the seasons, keep it fresh and interesting, and then 
you know, produce the best quality food I could with what I had. It also gives folk a reason to to come back. That I've never been there. You know, if they've just if it's been that one coffee and you know cake and good experience to get it turned around, I went, oh look, he's doing a he's doing a um, a, a butternut trifle. I'm not much of a cuisine guy, to be honest. Don't uh, nobody has. I, I, I sort of left myself down with that wee, wee bit, to be honest. I thought I'd do the ravioli. That's a That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a food. Uh, so I've got I've got three kids under ten. Basically, I, I get table scraps. That's that's you'll find me. You have the leftovers that have not poured at the leftovers and spaghetti hoops. I spend my I spend my time just going through hedges looking for spare bags of crisps and porn. That's all I do with my time off. Uh, that's pretty much. Porn is it What's that? I usually find porn at railway sightings, or is that like is that done? We don't do that anymore. Oh, I don't go to the railway station much. So <laughs> it's a good idea. I'll head head down there tomorrow. Um, but uh, we got to talk about. I mean, obviously, you uh, you you could you're an. Well, can I use the term athlete? Are you comfortable with me using the term athlete uh, in terms of a trainer? Uh, are you were training and and what have you? This so this is you going into Primal Roast, if you like. Yeah. What type of competitions were you doing? What type of training were you doing? At the time when I went into Primal, I was doing, I was, I'd, I'd done a lot of CrossFit. So I'd started training CrossFit and I'd been doing it for right. a good few years by that point. Which is murder, in my, case anyone's ever, is yeah. absolute murder if you've ever done it. I've, I've done CrossFit <laughs> a bunch of times and yeah. holy crap, holy crap. But uh, yeah, so like I'd done that and, and off the back of that, I'd, I'd picked up running and 2014 so i decided i decided i wanted to to run a, a half marathon so started kind of focusing up on that and then that just kind of led into other stuff like the competition stuff that i'd done i'd done the crossfit open a few like in-house crossfit competitions nothing major did the great scottish run in glasgow which is a great thing to do and then like i'd swam as a kid like did, like junior kind of swim race stuff like in my local pool and then my family background, I've come from a family of cyclists, so my dad was pretty high-level cyclist in the 70s, he was champion of Scotland at one point, and um, had been selected for the Commonwealth Games team in the 70s, so he was a racer, my granddad raced bikes as well, and like my whole, you know, that side of the walker side of the family all raced bikes for years, so I'd, I'd been brought up riding bikes but not racing. Right. And that's what led into the whole me starting down the kind of triathlon route and looking at doing stuff like that so i was living up in cardris and i wanted to enter the the great scottish swim which is a, a, a mile swim in loch lomond so i have never swam in open water other than when you scud the speedos on and run into the beach at Tenerife. um that was like the limit of splashing about in open water so loch lomond was it and got myself a wetsuit and found a lovely group of people who swim out at loch lomond most sundays so that kind of led into that, and then I was like, well, I can run, and I've done a bit of cycling, so why don't I just combo three up and, and see how we go? And oh that's born of that, basically. So Jesus. I think it was more a kind of an odds of, you know that way, I don't know if you've ever had that, like, something you want to do is, like, I just want to try it once and see how it goes. Yeah. So there was a, a triathlon, the first one I ever did was a one called the Beastie. Right. In Balloch, down in Balloch Park. So it's a a 750 meter open water swim up and down the lock at Ballard Park, an 18 kilometer bike, and then a V5k run all around the Ballard Country Park. So it's, it's actually nice. I did that, and then I did 
the try in the park and I was like, I just want to build up to a bigger distance triathlon. So the last one I did before before the lockdown madness ruined all the racing was the Aberfeldy triathlon. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a, a medium distance, so it's basically a half Ironman. It's a 70.3. So it's a 1.9k open water swim in Loch Acre, which was freezing and horrendous. Uh, a 90k bike and then a half marathon. And it's possibly the single most difficult thing I've done in all my life. Um, I actually, I'll admit this now, I went into it, I think, woefully unprepared. Oh, no. For the distances. I, like, at the time as well, I would, I'll touch on this as well. So I was getting, I, I was going through a divorce. Right. I had to move out of the house that I was in. I was living with my brother. So my training program was just, dis- just disappeared. It went away and didn't come back. So I kind of went into it with, I think the furthest I'd ran in training up to that point was about 12k. Shit. And the furthest I'd cycled was maybe about 40. Okay. So I, had find, I had to find all these extra kilometers for like the bike <laughs> and the run. And um, I had, the swim was fine. I had actually quite a decent swim. But then the bike, uh, the bike ruined me. Absolutely. Oh, no. me. Uh, I got two flat tires. Uh, I lost one of my water bottles. Um, they do like a handover. So you like, you had an empty water bottle. So you put one down, they'll give you one. So I put right. one down, they gave me one back, but the lid fell off it. So oh, I was trying to cycle along and like sip from this like sippy cup <laughs> while trying to put it back in the bike for it to spill everywhere. And it poured with rain for the first 20k of the bike as well. So I was freezing cold, soaking wet, couldn't get dry. I got to transition from like the bike to the run. As I'm just, I'm just going to take my shoes off and sit down because I'm done. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to start the run. Right. And I walked into transition and my brother's there and he's like cheering me on. My mate Matt's there and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to run out of here because they're here now. And they've seen oh, me. Shit. <laughs> so That's I went into the transition. I took about five minutes to just put my running shoes on and I had a peanut butter and jam sandwich and a wee sip of water. I was like, do you know what? Oh, fuck it. I'm here now. I've come this far. I'll just, I'll just go out, set off about. 100 meters into the run, I got cramp in both my legs. I just had to sit down on the side of the road. And as all, these, all these runners are going past me, like, you're right, mate. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. After like, the 20th one, I asked you that, I, fuck off. I, just, I, I, just, like, I was just shaking my head by that point, just looking at the floor. But you I make it like, sound so much fun. No, it is. The thing is, I like, see, like, the last 5K of the run as well, I was actually feeling quite kind of jubilant. Because um, you're coming back into Aberfeldy town itself, and there's like there's folk there, and there's folk cheering for you, like you're some kind of superstar, even though you're just I'm just the wee guy from Glasgow that's got that shop. Um, cruising into the finish, and then you cross the line, and I was like, that's that's fine. And I was like, that's the last race I've done because everything else that I had planned to do has not happened. Like I'd spoke about doing Red Bull Neptune Steps, which is yeah. a, a swim race. Which I've tried to enter before, but it sells out so fast, and I finally got a ticket for it, and then COVID destroyed that. It just torpedoed it twice. It was supposed to happen in March and then November. So, but you know, there's always oh. like 20, 2023 or something, or whenever we might actually get opened back up to do so. Well, listen, you make it sound so much fun. I think I might. <laughs> uh, I think it, I think I think I might do it with you. Right. I, I would say like. Sometimes doing stuff out with your comfort zones is definitely is daunting, but then when you're there, it's like, you know what, I'm actually okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, a and, point. And, I did, and seeing that, I did pull a muscle yawning 
the other week. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there needs to be a little more training. <laughs> but in my end, but like you say, it's good to it's good to get out of your your comfort yeah. zone, stretch yourself both mentally and physically, which is uh, it's a big thing. Oh, for sure. I think a lockdown lockdown has done this for a lot of folk as well because you've seen so many more folk out running and actually like it's kind of like when it, when we first locked down obviously you had like your one hour day exercise and people were actually like jumping on that and going I'm going to go out for a walk and I'm going to go yeah. to that park and I'm going to see this so it made people I think infinitely more aware of the fact that how sedentary their lives have become definitely you know, like, with this, you get up in the morning you have your bit of toast you go out you sit in a train and then you walk to the office you sit in an office and then you leave the office you sit in a train and go home and you sit in the couch yeah. and then you know being forced to to work from home I think maybe change people's perspectives and and what they can actually get done within that time frame. Well, that's it. You're not even doing that. You're not even doing the walk to the train station. You're not doing that hour on the gym. You know, cycling down to the station. All these that sudden appreciation of your walk to the train station becomes even more tangible. We'll get that lockdown luggage, uh, or you know, (laughs) or 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 COVID tits, as I like to call them. (laughs) Definitely. No, it's not. <laughs> I look like, like, like a melted candle with my top off, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not good. It's not good. But we're at Primal Roast now. You get Primal Roast uh, open. Uh, we had a little chat before we kicked off. Obviously, right now where we are in the tier system, you guys yeah. are, are are closed at the moment uh, because Glasgow is very quiet. I think it would be. Yeah. An underestimation right now. Uh, if 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 anyone's, I don't know. Yeah, anyone else is watching around the country, you'll know what it's like. We're in we're in a very locked down system. But Glasgow itself, I think, is because Glasgow is so dense. Almost, you yeah. know, it's like all the buildings are so close together. All the offices, like, they're so much close together that without people in those workplaces, the the city does seem really quiet. But because uh, you guys have been really quite progressive when we'd been in a lower lower yeah. restriction so we say uh, what type of things did you done to keep business going when we were doing these initial sort of lockdown stages so i mean when when lockdown happened we were, we were closed for about eight weeks mm-hmm. and i'm in a kind of fortunate position my brother's got a coffee shop as well so we had ideas to be able to bounce off each other to think right do you know what maybe we should just risk opening back up even if it's takeaway only so yeah. we had this kind of like idea of doing just like take out only. I've got obviously if you've been in Billy, you know, and MDL, yeah. so has I've got a, a wee front porch area yeah. with a, a recessed door. So the original plan for us was we just put a table in that door, put the card machine out there, put hand sign out, just marked it very, very clearly. One person come up at a time, put markings on the pavement to distance it all out, and just went, Look, we're here, we're open. We've got cake, we've got coffee, one in basically. So just put it out to all our followers on Facebook and on Instagram. Just to see if anyone was actually about. Yeah. The first couple of days were slow. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest because I think the whole work from home ethos was very very you know heavily enforced at that point in time. And Glasgow, as you say, was like a ghost town. The weird thing for me though, like throughout the whole of the the initial lockdown, was there was cars parked on every street, but no people. Uh, yeah. It was bizarre. But yeah, slowly within like about three or four weeks. Um, it became kind of, like, the growth became organic. People started saying, "Oh, that place is opened in there. Like, jump in, grab a coffee." And we're quite fortunate that a few of the smaller offices around here were able to like space out and actually have folk in them. Right. Uh, like bigger offices were obviously just like that. Nah, we're shut, and that's it. Um, yeah. And the big one that we had, which is actually quite cool, was we were right next door to obviously King Tuts. 
Um, they're obviously owned by DF Concerts, so they were basically in because they were damage control and all the concerts were cancelled and all that stuff. So, you know, they were in a lot and it's actually been quite helpful and useful to have them kind of stopping by. But that's what we did initially and then we just kind of coasted it out to we're actually able to open just a small percentage of the seating area. I mean, I think I was able to have about nine people in the front of the shop maximum. I never actually, I've, I maybe once or twice totally filled it. But yeah. Anything, anything that we were doing to be able to stay open was better than just sitting about twiddling your thumbs. And um, as an owner, you feel um, obviously like you're, you're tied, intrinsically tied to your business, and you want to see it do well. So I would much have preferred to be here trying to do something rather than just sitting at home, yeah. worrying about, wondering about the what if of what if I go in and try and do this. You know? Um, did you do you feel I, it was important to get the the wheels turning because there was so yeah. many businesses that just thought you know, we'll wait it out. And some of those businesses didn't even come back for that brief period. Was it important for you to sort of get the wheels turning to sort of see what we're looking at and, and start making those plans? Absolutely. It was, uh, it was really important because, you know, if, if you're not there for the, the customers, they'll just go somewhere else. And yeah. as much as, you know, there are a million other options in Glasgow, we were quite fortunate where we're positioned. There's, there's not a lot around us really in terms of kind of coffee shops and otherwise. And we were one of the few that were actually back open quite early. Mm. So we picked up some new customers as well. We picked up the few people that were still commuting in and we got like a good bunch of regulars that were coming in for maybe like, you know, a couple of rounds of coffee per day, which is good. So um, it's been kind of nice to have that. And actually it's, it's been, um, it makes you feel kind of, wee bit warm and fuzzy inside so you've got a regulars coming back in going it's nice to see you back open again yeah so, yeah yeah uh, that's kind of a nice thing to have but yeah uh, definitely and the, the reason we've kind of closed at the moment as well is um a little bit of a kind of moral issue uh not just the fact that the glass was really quiet but um for me and i know for a lot of other independent coffee shops um, who have decided to close down at the moment uh, because of the tier four restrictions. A lot of them are finding that um, they're getting a lot of groups of people coming, like multiple households are coming, buying coffees and then just hanging about in front of the shop. Of course. Now, the last thing you want to be seen to be doing is encouraging groups of people to hang about at the moment because, you know, Definitely. the last thing you want is a visit from the environmental health, COVID offices yep. and go, why are these people here? And as much as you can say to them, don't, don't be hanging about, human nature will be just hanging about. You know, they they so, might think they're going to hang about for 30 seconds, but that 30 seconds hangs into five minutes and then that's all it takes, so isn't it? A lot of other coffee shops that I know had closed for that kind of issue because they just they, they, they didn't want to be part of the problem. Mm. As much as they want to see their business being open and being successful and now and, and still selling and still making money, yeah, um, you don't want to be labelled as the guy that you know caused an outbreak because you had a group of five adults hanging about outside your shop or yeah. you know, something something to that effect. So, you know, that's part of the part of the reason behind it as well is the fact that nobody's here. <laughs> as we will inevitably see these infection rates come down and everything yeah. else come down, we'll be able to get back to business in some yeah. respect, hopefully sooner rather than later. Fingers crossed. Fingers that's, crossed. That's, it's, that's it's just, we'll, we'll come back to some sort of sense of normality or even just a, a fraction of what was before would be nice, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Because one of the things is I noticed, certainly with likes of even Instagram, I noticed you and your, your brother's place are both yeah. very active on Instagram and what have you. Obviously, the, the sort of explosion of 
I don't like using the phrase food culture on Instagram, particularly in Scotland. It's, it's huge right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's ever been bigger. If uh, some places, uh, if they were allowed to open the doors, I think they would have the swathes oh, yeah. of people, you know, just, just coming through the doors. And I feel like you, you like to say your place uh, is, is great for that because you're always putting up new ideas and kind of communicating with that community yeah. on, on Instagram. Do you think that has been a big proponent of the success you guys have had you know, uh, over the last couple of years? I think so, yeah. I think Instagram's given you, um, like, that nice visual uh, platform to use. People yeah. eat with their eyes. It's, it's a phrase that you hear all the time in catering, and it's so true. If you put something out that's, you know, visually appealing, people are going to go, ah, I might actually take that little detour and go down and check this place out. So, yeah, yeah having that... Um, that as a as a marketing tool and as a as a strategy to like pull people in has been great and we've been able to do that through lockdown as well. I've been quite fortunate having um Jackie who runs a company called Full Circle Bakes. She was using my kitchen to help grow her business and um kind of working together a little bit in that regard. And you know, she was able to say, Oh, here's six cookies. We'll just take a picture of them, get them up on the story, and then just like that's it. I've got six only. So if you want one, you need to get down before the next, the first person comes in and buys all six, because it will happen. All right. And that was good. I gave, like, I gave people that little bit. Oh, I'm in the office. I can maybe just like juke out or two and, and drop down. So yeah, saw those nice cookies. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're, they're, fucking, they are ridiculous, but in a very good way. <laughs> in a very oh, yeah, good yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, sure. But that, that was nice to be able to just go. I can just put this up, and probably within an hour they'll be sold. Less than that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well. One thing we've got to talk about before we we, we let we let you get on, uh, getting back to your uh, your girlfriend's place is that right? Yep. Where uh, well, they, yep. you, you, well, let's not call her lockdown girlfriend. Let's no, call her no. girlfriend. Let's call her girlfriend. 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 But, uh, yeah, the the circumstance was was lockdown, but it's been it's been bliss. That's like apart from the business stress, our lockdown's been actually pretty pretty sound. To be fair, we decorated the living room, got some nice furniture. I'm all happy. I've got really good at Red Dead Redemption. That's what I've done. I've, I've been delving back into Destiny 2, which is consuming my you? life at the moment. <laughs> that and, that and uh, um, of all things, Luigi's Mansion 3, and I cannot beat that fucking ghost with the piano. He's going down. I swear to God, man. Swear to God. You're meant to get shook up. You're meant to shook up a ball and throw it in his piano, and then you're meant to slam the piano, and then the fucking ghost comes out with the glasses on, and you can't get him. It's, there's, there's nothing more sort of humbling as a man when you're going like I'm getting beat by a fucking game for a kid. <laughs> like this I, is kicking I, my I, ass. <laughs> you know, I can, do, I can do Red Dead Redemption. I can, I can, I can, I can murder the incest family, but can I kill that fucking ghost? Um, <laughs> a, a spoiler for you. There's a, there's a brother and sister that are at it. Uh, right, <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering what I'm talking about. Um, I do live in Ayrshire. Uh, we say we say about incest sometimes, and somebody thinks you're talking about a member of the family. Um, we've got to talk about your history with Rob Beard first. Uh, finally, yeah. I think because you yeah. are one of the first ever winners uh, at, the, at the at the Beard Championships quite quite some time back now. Um, when you started putting that stupendous fleece upon your jaw, uh, what was I don't think it's ever been described as that, John. If you're watching, write that down, uh, jaw fleece. Um, yeah. Um, how was that something you, you set out to do? Or was it just a community you want to plug into and just have some fun? 
do you know it was just one of those things like I'd always um this sounds so shit um <laughs> working as a chef you always kind of have to be clean shaven and I got a job working in Glasgow and right. my head chef was a bit more kind of lenient he's like ah, you know if you want to grow a bit of stubble grow a bit of stubble and then a bit of stubble turned into some as I, I use another John phrase some skiff and rubble and then turned into the beard that you see now and the kind of idea to enter the competition, I've been using bra products for a while. My brother had used them before and he got me into them. And um, right. Yeah, when I obviously started following the, the brand and stuff, um, got to know John a little bit and when he decided to open do the competition, I was like, I've never been in a beard competition, never done it, never thought I would place anywhere with it because I didn't think that the, the ability to grow a beard was going to be a thing that would be, you know, a, a, a factor in my life that I could tap into. So yeah. it was... The first competition was was awesome fun, um, and it was like it was I was there for the community and the people that are part of the kind of the brotherhood as well more than anything else because you started we touched on this earlier we started seeing like people sharing stuff on Facebook and then that kind of community side of things came about and then you got to meet them face to face you just have like an actual chat and get to know some folk and then I just I love the the kind of the movement that has become now is this like this this thing in Scotland you have the brotherhood of I don't know how many members there are now 600 plus or something I think it might even be more than that now yeah Yeah, it might even be more than that using products and 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 just you know enjoying what it is so uh yeah the competition was great fun and you know I went back a second year I've been back a third year as well so um was hoping to go back again a fourth year but was not to be this year so last year even but uh, and or this year so yeah well uh We'll definitely be back in. I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, the thing is, as well, I'll stick to the same category because I've not got the patience to grow it longer. <laughs> oh, I was, was going to say, so you're coming back for you're coming back for your title. You're coming I'm, back, I'm for, back your... for for under four inch styled. So <laughs> there you go. That's, you know the worst thing is, I know for a fact there's going to be people watching going motherfucker like because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know there's going to be some people out there going. I'm gonna to have to start working on this now. <laughs> I, have to, I have to brush it for months, you know. Okay. So yeah. like, I, I shaved my beard off like uh, middle of lockdown because it just got just, just, it was like an abandoned crow's nest on my face. Um, it had gone too far. As I need, I need to trim this back to to, to grassroots and regrow it. So this is the kind of the the, the infill that's happened in the interim. So. Uh, it's uh, in fact, do we still have the? Gra- I wonder if we have the graphic, which is you trimming your beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder if I can pull that up. Uh, oh, but, but I've not got it to hand. Oh, well, hang on, here we go, here we go. No, I don't have it to hand. Oh, because I'm trying to put it as a video clip. You fucking moron, Kirkwood. Uh, I think we've got to just see. Oh, here we go, here we go. Oh, it'll take us a little second to join in. Uh, but listen. Oh, here we go. Here you are. Boom! Look at that. Hi. Hello. It's weird. I, you know, someone messaged me today. Uh, my cousin actually brought like a load of bra stuff, and he messaged me. He's like, "Why is your face in my bra stuff?" So it was <laughs> like, that's a, that's a flyer that comes out to your other stuff. He's like, I opened up and pulled out, and there's your face. I was like, "Why's my cousin's face in this?" So I'd, like, messaged me. He's like, "That's funny. I just ordered some some chocolate orange beard butter, and uh, your face is falling out." There you go. Can I, just, can I just say as well something I've noticed? Guy with a scraggly beard, he's got a little bit yeah. of a belly, right? He's having a hard time. Beard all coiffed, broad beard. Look at that. Slim, athletic. 
It's the it's the it's the bra shirts. They're very um they're very, they're very shaping. They're like they are, which I'll level with you. Part of the reason why I've not had mine on much because <laughs> I level with you. I need to get this shit sorted out. <laughs> so I'm uh, on it, uh, in a baggy hoodie. I, I, I am bumpy. I look like a Klingon's testicle. Do you know what I mean? It's like when it's all really tight. It's it's not nice. Uh, but listen, uh, it's only going to be a matter of time before we're all back open and we are Absolutely. out there. And again, we always say anyone watching, stay safe. But if people are wanting to get in touch, see what's going on with... Uh, you guys are closed just now. You're not doing any online business, are you? No, I mean, we'd, we'd considered doing some sort of like delivering service, but I, mm. I just didn't think there was going to be scope for it with all the other platforms that are already there and established. Yeah. Because so, it was something that I hadn't done before. But I was too slow off the mark with that. Um, but also, you know, you're not going to pay for a coffee to get delivered to your house. But, you know, I mean, we, we did some coffee delivery stuff initially, like sending out bags and stuff, and that worked pretty yeah, well yeah. for us. But, yeah, we'll see. We might delve back into that. Who knows, who knows. But if people want to get in touch, uh, check out where's the best place to get in touch where everything's going yeah. on a Primal Roast. Uh, we've got our Facebook page, so if anyone wants to ping my message, just jump on there. I'll do my best to respond. Or Instagram as well is the two places you can probably pick up and get a message across to me if you're looking for anything or information or questions. Yep, or, or and definitely if you are going on uh, Instagram, have yourself a, a scroll back through some of the stuff that's on there. Uh, and it's and I know that you're. I, I have to come in and get a, a primal roast mug because I don't have one. Yeah. I have to come in and get one when you guys are open. I've, I've got one from the other place. Which, yeah, sorry. But I'll come in and get, I'll come in and get one. <laughs> I feel bad. Do you know what it is? It's coming, in, it's coming into the city centre in the middle of the day. It's like, I'm never going to get a park. I'm not. Those fucking NCPs. <laughs> but, uh, I'll do, I'll, I'm going to get one because it's... I need them for my collection. I've only got about four mugs. <laughs> four <laughs> mugs in the world. Uh, so if anyone comes around, listen, when lockdown all gets lifted and people start coming around to each other's houses, like, I want my fucking mugs. They can have the ones I've been <laughs> brutalising. <laughs> yeah. So let's make sure to check out. Everyone, head over right now. You can check out uh, whatever you're watching, whether this is in the future, you're listening to the podcast. Why not head over and check out uh, Primal Roast on Facebook and Instagram. Ian, what I'll do is I'm going to pop you in the green room and I'm going to finish up the show here. I'll talk to you in just a minute. Everyone, our special guest tonight, uh, Ian Walker from Primal Roast. Right, we are going to be back on broadcast next week. Don't forget to check out everything, of course, that's going on over at Broadway Oils. You can get oils, you can get apparel, you can get stickers, you can get all manners of merchandise. Head over there right now and check out everything they're doing. We're going to be back next Thursday. Uh, make sure to check out. We've got some amazing guests coming up, including uh, some more motorbike riders. We've got some WWE superstars that are coming on the show and so much more. Don't forget open to take suggestions for guests as well always hit us up in the comments and let us know where you're watching make sure to share it with your pals check out the podcast check out everything else <sighs> right i'm a billy kirkwood whatever you do look after yourselves and we will see you next thursday stay bra everyone will i be able to play the video without looking at it yeah <laughs>